All right, what is up, everybody? When you clicked on this, you were clicking on a podcast, Zero Your Rifle Scope in Three Shots or Less, and we're going to get there. But before we get there, we've got Mr. Lake Pickle from Onyx Maps to talk about some very important things, some additional things that a person should be thinking about and learning about to up their odds of success in the field this fall. And we're talking about the Onyx Maps Elite Whitetail Shooting Course, a course that we partnered with you on, Lake. And, uh, man, it is really cool. So I appreciate you joining us. And uh, tell us all about it. For sure, man. Um, first and foremost, we're obviously we're excited to partner with you guys on this course. We we approached this in a way that we were like, we want people to be able to go through this course and be able to say that they one absolutely learned something from it, and two, they're going to be a better hunter after they're through it. And I feel very confident that we accomplished that because we brought people to be uh, in this course, instructing on it that know the subject matter, they're experts on it. And to go back towards, you know, the subject of this podcast in this course, they talk about everything from zeroing in a rifle to going through all the different equipment, picking out a caliber and optic. My personal favorite one was the shooting positions because I've deer hunted for years, ever since I was a kid. And, you know, I didn't think that I would exactly learn something from that because I've, I've been doing it for my whole life, but they were so creative and shooting from a uh, ground blind, shooting from a tree stand and showing different techniques that you can use to be more stable and make a better shot. I learned more going through this course, getting ready for us to release it than I thought I was going to. So we're very proud of it. And and I think people are going to learn a lot from it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I really liked that segment too. I mean, so much of any good shot comes down to stability and we all know, you know, we've all, or a lot of us have deer hunted for a while. And, and if you haven't, this course is great for you as well. You often find yourself in awkward uh, shooting positions. It seems like none of them are exactly the same. And being able to utilize different tools or techniques like they, like they show in the video is like just instrumental and, and paramount to success. And so just a lot of great information there. And, and it's a lot of great information. And this is one of my favorite parts or, or aspects of the series it's broken down into like really concise, but informational bite-sized chunks. There's not a lot of fluff. I mean, it's get to the point, really good information, but it's just so digestible and it's stuff that uh, maybe, maybe you've thought about it before. Maybe you haven't thought about it before. Maybe you're looking at something a little bit differently, but uh, man, I know I learned, I learned a fair amount and you're kind of like, Hmm, okay. Maybe I don't know as much as I thought I knew. This is good information. Yeah. I mean, it's just, if, if I'm ever in a situation again in my life where I have to, you know, take a shot at a deer and I don't have, you know, I have to quote unquote freehand it because of that course, they taught us strategies. Like if you must freehand a shot, this is how you can do it and become the most stable. And I'm like, well, didn't know that. I'm glad I watched this, you know, it's just stuff like that. And it's just adding, adding more information to your arsenal so to speak that like i said will make you a better hunter yep i mean it is practical information that you can take to the field and practice immediately and i do think i mean there's going to be a lot of folks out there that that watch it and go hmm i learned something and it could be a difference maker for them this fall i mean it could be the difference between getting one or not getting one so and uh, not that that's what everything is about when we go hunting in the field but i do like to get one so hopefully this will help I think we all do. And, and, you know, that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help and, and add value. And, and again, I, I think we accomplished it. I think people are going to get a lot from this. Awesome, man. Well, it's a really cool partner with you guys on the course. 
how do do uh, how does a person gain access to the course? Absolutely. Uh, if you are an Onyx Hunt Elite member, the course is yours already for absolutely free. You can access it through your Elite benefits on your app or on the web map. If you're not an Onyx Hunt Elite member, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, you get a lot more from your Elite benefits than just this course. You get awesome deals from companies like Vortex uh, and so on and so forth. So to the short of it, if you want access to this course, become an Onyx Hunt Elite member. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I definitely encourage people to do that as well. I mean, not only are you going to gain access to some of the best digital mapping software out there, but you're going to get all these extras along the way, whether that's information or deals or uh, a ton of other stuff, man. It's just a, it's the total package. And uh, yeah, check it out. Learn a lot. And good luck this fall. What is up, everybody? Jim to my right, Mr. Ryan Muckenhern across from us right now, as is per usual. Now, guys, when uh, I used to work at an outdoor shop, and there's this guy, Steve. I loved him. Great guy. He Steve liked his drink. And he would, I would say, Steve, how's it going, buddy? When we'd get in in the morning, he'd go, oh, I just need to hit zero, buddy. Which that, <laughs> <laughs> I think that meant maybe having another and kind of getting an even keel. So that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> His intros. <laughs> like, it's time to hit zero. Specifically, Ryan, you guys got to keep it together. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that at all. Uh, that was good, though. We're talking like Mr. Leahy's little uh, device. Figures yeah. out if he's... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I did the wraparound. Uh, no. It's time to hit zero, guys. Okay. It's time. It's time to hit zero. Ryan, you made a little video... Not a video oh. debut, but you made a little video the the other day. I think the title was uh, Zero Your Rifle in Three Shots or Less. So I think we're going to talk about the method that you used for that. Sure. But there's also, and we've talked about zeroing before, but there's a few ways to, you know, zero, or excuse me, there's a few ways to skin the old zeroing cat, <laughs> uh, if you will. That there are. That's that, that's true statement. Yeah. So let's, uh, I mean, it's uh, tis the season, you know, at press time, I mean, Archery seasons have kicked off. I yes, and no one will have zeroed their rifles yet. Well, they should be thinking about it though. Mm -hmm. Particularly if if you're not a bow hunter, now's the time to zero your rifle. You know, make any adjustments, possibly get some what I would consider some last minute ammo. You know, and uh, make sure you're ready because you want to be dialed when you hit the field. Yes, Ryan. Is this a time, Ryan? If you're not watching YouTube, Ryan just raised his hand. Is this a time for a shameless plug for the upcoming hunter sighted? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Come down to Vortex Edge. Hang out with us. Get your deer rifle sighted in. Yeah, that's in November. It's coming up right before the old uh, firearm season kickoff. Sign yeah. up for it on the old website. Yeah. There, right? Yep. Yeah. We I'm, have fun doing that. It's a great event. Yep. I mean, if, uh, like you said, it, we do it on the 50-yard range here. Yep. We accommodate a number of people. Oh, yes. It's kind of a social affair. It is. That's what the hot dogs are for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's did, really the whole thing. That's what I do it yeah. for. That's yeah. why I always I always sign up to man the hot dog tent. But yeah. I like to talk with the people though. That's, that's, that's I'm a talker. Juice. I'm a talker. That you are. That you are. Now, despite the fact that these people show up to our range, very controlled facility, and they have some of the world's best shooters and helpers on hand and knowers of optics and things. Knowers. Despite the fact that that's all right there at their fingertips, I have seen some people come through the old hunter side in and require more than three shots to get zeroed. That's true. So I'm already skeptical. Okay. All right. All right. 
What's going on here? Yeah, what's uh, what's your magic zero solution? Well, Ryan? so first things first, we've covered this at least three times on the Vortex Nation podcast is proper setup. We are assuming proper setup. Correct. Yes. Yeah, and, and by that I'm talking the scope has been installed properly, leveled properly, torqued properly, fit for you, the shooter, and your gun. So let's say that we've gotten that far. Yeah. You ever, you ever paint anything? They always say that the prep work is the most important. Really? Part. In painting? Oh, like yeah, um, the prep, the, I was thinking like like more art. Oh, fair. Yeah. Um, no, any, just any kind of a, yeah. any kind of a, a more utilitarian style painting. The prep work is extremely important. Same deal in shooting. Absolutely. A solid bore site is going to save you an exceptional amount of time and, and potentially money and effort. And there's a number of ways that you can bore sight a firearm. Most rifles, bolt action rifles anyways, I think the best way to do it is the traditional bore sight and it's in the name right so we're looking down the bore of the rifle we're centering our target in the rifle's bore and we're adjusting the rifle scope this is without firing a shot so that the reticle reflects um, centered on what we're trying to bore sight on requires a steady yeah rest for the rifle yeah mm-hmm. you don't want anything moving and we've got some good videos on, on how to do that as well too that you can check out if you've never done an optical or traditional bore sight there's a couple devices. Um, they make some lasers. I'm, I'll say, 50-50 on the efficacy of a laser bore sighter. If they're set up correctly, they're an awesome tool. But understand that there's a little bit of preparatory work that goes into that to make sure that goes solid. Anyway. I've always thought that like they could be helpful in those odd instances where you have a firearm that's not easy to look down the bore Bingo. of when you have a scope on yeah. top. Yeah, I think Browning BAR, Remington... 7400, 742. AK-47. That is a good point. Yep, that is correct. That's where my mind went. I wasn't mm-hmm. even thinking of that. I don't know why. Well, yeah, so once you get a good bore sight and you, you get ready to rock and roll, here's my methodology, and this is, this is pretty simple. I fire a single round at the target, okay? So, boom, I have an impact on paper. I'm going to use my reticle, even if it's a, a just a standard V-plex reticle, there are going to be parts of your reticle that you can know the value of. And so consult your optics manufacturers, manuals, websites, et cetera, to understand what your reticle subtensions are or what those markings or shapes and figures on your reticles mean from, from a, like an adjustment standpoint. I'm going to use that reticle to kind of measure the offset left and right and up and down from my like intended point of impact. I will then adjust the rifle scope the required amount to match that. Mm-hmm. So if I'm low 2 MOA, left 2 MOA, my pistols are always low left. If I'm low 2 MOA, left 2 MOA, I bracket that with my reticle. I see that. I'm like, oh, okay. I give it 2 MOA to the right. I give it 2 MOA up. I fire another round at my target. And then hopefully I cut the X out of it. And then I give it one more to confirm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or or a little, just a one more fine tune, and then you know, obviously, you know, at that point you're there. It's yeah. not going to hurt you to fire another, you know, three shot drill sure. to confirm and mm-hmm. be on your way. Sure. Now, another way to do this, it's that's also, I think it's the same way of doing it. It's just you're not relying so much on the reticle as your measuring device. If you're if you strike your paper or your target or whatever, and you're not exactly where you want it to go, you can adjust your rifle scope so that your reticle moves to your point of impact 
where it, where it landed on your, your paper. So you have your point of aim, you adjust the turrets, elevation mm-hmm. and windage, until your reticle, without moving or influencing your rifle, has superimposed on your bullet. That's the key, not moving the gun. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if the gun moves at all, it doesn't take, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't take, take much. much at all no. for your gun to then have moved to the point where that method yeah. is very inaccurate. So that one does take a bit of a hand um, and some practice to get good at. And when we're doing range certifications, especially, a lot of times you'll see the guys, they'll get behind the guns once they bore sighted. They'll fire around, they'll see it, and without even lifting their head up off the gun, they just grab the turret, they manipulate two, manipulate two, and then take another shot. And if you do it right and you do it without influencing the rifle, sometimes it can be a two-shot zero. Mm-hmm. Like, but, it, like I said, it takes a little bit of practice. So if you're wondering what to do with that 22 long rifle, there's a good thing to practice. Oh, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, I see a lot of folks go out there and, you know, you fire around, it's not where you want it. And you look at the turret and you're like, well... Give it a half a turn. Give it a little of this. Give yeah. it a little of that. And I, see I what s- happens. And I see a lot of folks where we're now, instead of being low left, we're high right, and then we're a little more low left, and then we're right. The turrets on your rifle scope and the reticle on your rifle scope have values associated with them, and they mean something. And so if you can, if you can utilize those tools, especially the reticle, as kind of your measuring tape, so mm-hmm. to speak, it, you can do this in a lot less shots than you'd think. Well, and depending on the reticle in your rifle sure. scope, some will make it quite easy. Oh, yes. You, know, you take, uh, like, the reticle that's in, uh, well, any number of our rifle scopes. I always pick the LHT because I love it. But, man, you know, that's perfect. Those graduations oh, yeah. are gonna, going to uh, correspond with whatever click value you need to input, and you'll be well, well on your way. I'll say that's an, another handy tool. Jim, sorry. Please go. No, no, no. I, I I would love to hear your other handy tool. Well, I was going to say an, what I feel an underutilized tool, a reticle eyepiece and a spotting scope. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. This goes into uh, stuff that we've also talked about numerous times. We're sort of like compiling many topics we've talked about over the course of the podcast. But MOA and MRAD, they're angular units of measurement. And the more that you think in these terms, in this in this unit of measure while you're shooting, the easier your life will be. Many times people will zero and say they're zeroing at 100 yards and they're shooting MOA. They'll do the old inch, one inch to one MOA conversion, which is usually close enough. But let's say you're zeroing at 50 yards or you are using a mill scope. Like there are conversions. There's math that you can do. But why do math when it's not necessary? You know what I mean? It's only adding further variables into play that you can potentially screw up Mm -hmm. when right there in front of your face is a ruler, especially if you have even just a few hash marks on there that are all very precisely laid out. If you're a second focal plane rifle scope, make sure you're on the right magnification before you start using them to what the reticle manual says. If you're in a first focal plane scope, doesn't matter. But use those as your measuring device. If, according to the reticle manual, you see a hash mark that lines up with approximately where your bullet was, let's say low, and that hash mark equates to two mils, three MOA, whatever it is, then that's so simple. You go right to your turret and you dial up whatever value you saw on the reticle. So it's it it eliminates any need for conversions and stuff like that. So uh, that's, again, just kind of reiterating something we've said before. Use the tools. unit of measure. Yes. Use MOA or MRED, whatever your scope is. Yeah, the quicker you can get out of inches. 
because there is no correlation, the better. And, you know, that goes into long-range shooting, too. Like, I don't know how much 48 inches is at 600 yards. What about, um, okay, I'm going to mention potentially another tool that a person could use, Ryan. Uh, are there targets that Ooh, uh, maybe have a little bit more detail than your typical just bullseye? And well, yes. We use some down at Vortex Edge. I've seen them. Yes. So you can get an MOA graduated or a Milleradian graduated, or it's not the right word, is it, Jim? A target I mean, that right? has that grid network on it. Has that grid yeah. network that yeah. you can use, yeah. These targets are for 100-yard use, typically. Uh, you'll you'll notice that one MOA at 100 yards, like if you could picture a grid square at one MOA, it would be a different size at 50 yards. Gotcha. Still worth an MOA, but like the, the two-dimensional like linear aspects of whatever it is that we're looking at there will change. Mm-hmm. That's just it. If you get one of those targets... It's, it can only be used at one distance. Correct. And you better get it really close to that distance, too. Yes. Like, use a rangefinder. Yes. and We can help people with that, Jim. We have those. Yeah. <laughs> we have technology. So those are super useful. So usually when we're doing a uh, range certification, we have two target stands. We have a target stand that has our bore sighting and zero, or like zeroing target on it, and that mm-hmm. is one of those grid type targets and then we have our shoot cards that we use you know we shoot to proof the the optic and then we cut those out and stamp them and send them with the scope when we're when we're doing the zero component so bore sight on one feature of the target and then execute the the zero a lot of times if we're using a scope that has uh like a magnification level high enough to resolve that detail those grid squares on there that's super simple i just look at them like oh okay i gotta go two tenths of a mil up and two tenths of a mil right because i'm always low left make that adjustment and then want to confirm and right through the bowl. I mean, worst case scenario, and maybe to double check, you walk 100 yards, check it out. And yeah. Off you go. Yep. But it, it's not it's not the process that it was for me when I was like growing up and I'd go no. out to the range with my dad and he'd shoot around and then we'd just rotate the turret some unknown amount. A lot of guessing in general. A lot of guessing. Well, a lot, yeah. a lot of guessing. And then, you know, I mean, this is back in the day when, I mean, torque specs, when I first started mountain rifle scopes, they weren't a thing, no. right? So, and I calibrated elbows. We've we've talked about it before, yep. but yep. Uh, you know, I wonder how many. T- I think that created difficulty in getting zero. Like, oh, it's over adjusting. It's under adjusting. Oh, wait, hold on. I had this, you know, this gross adjusting. movement after three. I made three adjustments when it didn't really move the last two times. And then you finally get it to stick somewhere where you want it. You're like, no touchy. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. All the stuff that we have, the knowledge and the tools that we have now alleviate a lot yeah, of that. Yeah, absolutely. Setup, or hopefully do. Setup is crucial. And I think that a lot of what goes into the whole idea of a three-shot zero or even a two-shot zero, whatever it is that you're going to say that you can do, a lot of it goes into being super honest with yourself. So as far as setup goes, you know, I think that we see people come in plenty of times and somebody else set up the optic. Or it's been set up for ever and they never really thought to check it very carefully as to whether or not it was mounted correctly if the rings were right if the base was right whatever and you know then we we kind of find out okay you know there's issues like if if we were a little more honest with ourselves we'd probably say like okay well you know this i didn't set up myself there may be potential issues in this that i should probably double check or if it's been sort of abandoned for some long period of time it might be worth a recheck the other thing I think that's worth being honest with yourself, too, is how good of a shot you are and or that you made when you took your first shot, your second shot, 
or your third shot. Because, Ryan, your crew, you guys come down and shoot all the time. Uh, like you said, you're doing the range certs. You guys shoot recreationally all the time. You guys go hunting. Uh, I mean, you know, all of us in here at this table, and it's not to, like, brag, but, like, we shoot a fair amount. We get to. We have a range that's literally right next door. And so we kind of know, like, you kind of get that feeling when, uh, I know, you know, I, I see where the bullet went, but I know that part of the reason it went there was because I influenced the gun. Now, you can tell the difference between, like, that was a good one and that one I did something on. And you kind of got to be able to know the difference between those, I think, in order to, like, start doing these super shrunk-down zero sessions because... We see it a lot where there's people who are still getting used to shooting, and so they're influencing the gun a little bit more as they're shooting. Or, as is the case many times with some hunting rifles, you get this super lightweight, very barky, big caliber rifle that comes in. And it's hard not to shoot that without a significant flinch, or as we call it, a pre-ignition push in order to feather feather some of our masculine egos at times. Because flinch just sounds pre-ignition so push. Uh, that's what the instructors call it many times. Yeah. Huh. But um, well, you I know, know. I mean, that's just something you got to be aware of. Well, and then it can be, you know, you're trying to make adjustments off of impacts, right? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm maybe I'm going to get into a situation where we're we're beyond the three shot mark, right? We've um, all been there, and we've been there, and Ryan, yep. you and I have been there, or I've been down at the range at times. I'm being scratched my head few question marks like oh these two impacts did this now this one did that which one do i trust which one's right cool the gun what do i adjust to you know kind of chasing my tail a little bit then i start to question me mm-hmm. which it certainly could be right and i'll ryan get down here and he'll be like i'm too busy i'm like well get down here anyway <laughs> and then uh he'll come down and like i'd say more often than not which i trust you're shooting greatly like we'll see the same result, and it's like okay, it, it's a rifle issue. It's uh, it doesn't like this ammo issue. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. So those things come into play as well. It's not often, you know, it can be the shooter, but it could mm. be, you know, maybe it's just not a great gun, or sure. yeah, or yeah. maybe it just doesn't like that load. So there's things that come into play that are very important. You to just consider. have to account for. Yeah, and you make, so you make a really good point there. So um, if you get to see this video that we're talking about, like, I know that rifle inside out, up and down, left and right. And I know what its uh, capabilities are with the ammunition that we're shooting. So I have an expectation that where that bullet went, assuming that I did my part and I call my shots correctly. My expectation is if I see that bullet on that piece of paper right there, that's where that gun's pointing. If this is a new to you system, new to you ammunition, new to you optic, you know, and, and you don't have a lot of trigger time behind it, it's also not a terrible idea to just pick a point of hold and fire three rounds. Mm-hmm. Like, don't touch the turrets. Right. And let's, let's understand what the capability is. And Mark mm-hmm. makes a really good point about ammunition variability. You were going on that bear hunt this spring, mm-hmm. and we'd grabbed a rifle, and we'd grabbed kind of a smattering of, of high-performance hunting ammunition, like top-tier stuff. All good stuff. Yes, and stuff that we know shoots out of some guns, and the gun that we fired some of it off, it was like it was like two and a half, three MOA. It's it was the, like I was super surprised. By yeah, that. it's mm. the best it would do out of that gun. We switched to a different bullet, a different cartridge, or not cartridge, but a different manufacturer of this particular uh, chambering, and it was one hole. It was one hole, and and so I remember you fired three one hole. I'm like, let me get behind that thing. I fired three, you know, same results yep. like. 
okay, we found what this thing likes. Yeah. yeah. And so had we attempted the mythical three shot asterisk zero, uh, we would have never, we would have never come up with a viable zero because we would no. have just been mm-hmm. all over the place. And that is the worst yeah. when you take one Ugh. shot and you're like, oh, okay, all I need to do based on my reticle, thank you reticle, is just do this and this, and and then it's way off, and yeah. you're like, oh no, there's an issue. Yeah. And then yeah, then you start shooting groups, and then the issue presents itself, and you're like, okay, now then you're backtracking. Did I do all this? Did I tighten everything right? Torque specs. What's the ammo? What's the gun doing? When's the last time I shot? I mean, it's just all of a sudden now. Yep. Like, when's the last time I cleaned it? When it it, it all <laughs> you pack up and you go home. When you realize you got a, a big job ahead of yourself, potentially. But it can be once you get to know those things oh, yeah. and ferret out some of those details. It can be as simple as that. Three it can shots be. Zero. Did you say ferret out? Yeah. As in the mustelid ferret? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Is that a new one for you? That is. That and pre-ignition push. Wow. You know, like you uh, sort things out, you know? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, so all I can think of right now is a black-footed ferret running down a prairie dog hole to capture a prairie dog. Well, that's a Lazarus species, you know? I did Lazarus, didn't. huh? Back from the dead. Declared him extinct, and a gentleman's dog brought one, blah, put it on his front door. Turns out they do exist. And they'll make your dog sick. I think he just kind of presented it to the owner. Oh, yeah. gotcha. It wasn't like, like look, uh, look, look, look what I brought you. Gotcha. Yeah. It does say there is something to be said about being a person of simplicity in terms of your, uh, your go-to rifle for a job, whether it's hunting or clandestine operations, or competition, or clandestine operations, uh, or fighting tyranny, or clandestine operations, whatever it is. Being uh, a person <laughs> Have you been of, doing a lot of clan- clandestine stuff lately, Jim? I'm sorry, what? Being a, like, a person of simplicity, though, and having like your go-to setup, it, it can be refreshing. Because when every year you get to go back and you're like, okay, this is comfortable, I know this whole setup, let's just double-check this, boom, you know, okay, we're going to make a little adjustment here or there, but... And because I'm this guy, because I love guns of all different varieties, especially odd ones that nobody else knows anything about, which then leads to many rabbit holes. But like every time you're switching up all this stuff, you can be chasing your tail a lot. We, co- we call these rifles we can trust. Yeah. Rifles we can trust. I mean, RWT. Guns are fun. They're cool. I mean, they come in all shapes and sizes for different reasons. But then, you know, the old saying, beware the man with one gun, <laughs> that there is some truth to that. Rifles you can trust. There you go. There you go. Did we cover most every way to zero? No. There's probably more. That's the way to do it expeditiously. Yeah. 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 That that brings us a lot of success. Saves a lot of heartache. Mm -hmm. Gets you on target faster. Saves your wallet some time. Saves your shoulder some time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what you said, though, Ryan, like particularly if it's a new system, either find commercially the load that works for you yeah. or you know or reload and, and make it yourself yep yep so Mark, mark's gonna do a little reloading here <sighs> ryan's been talking me into it's it happening. a little bit lately what are you going to reload a little 300 wisdom <laughs> oh yeah the man who would never shut up about the fact that he still kept his 300 wisdom around was because he could find commercially available ammo in boxes 20 at any point in time that he wanted in any gas station that he wanted <laughs> is now going to reload that very same cartridge. You heard it here. 
I mean, I haven't fully committed to it yet. He's committed. I hate you. I'm forcing his hand. <laughs> You're not going to hate the groups that we come up with. I don't know. I'm. We'll figure it out. People are... We'll keep you posted. No, I actually don't hate Mark. I'm actually very excited to see this. I can't wait. I can't wait. You don't think it's going to work. I think it is going to work. And you know why I think it's going to work? Because I think Ryan that on the Ryan's going to load it all for you. <laughs> You're going to sit at that desk and, and it's just gonna, he's going to sit down and you know, Ryan, I got to uh, go. I got just so much <laughs> stuff. I got to think. Hey, Ryan, could you come? It just, I, I, I don't want to, I just want to make, you know, You remember where I sit, right? If you could just set those on my desk mm-hmm. by tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that this hunts in two days, so. That's never happened. <laughs> oh, Mark! We've both, you know what you hey, make? We've both done it. You know what you make me feel like? Hmm. God's honest. You make me feel like Q from 007. I don't know what that means. Jim knows what I'm talking about. I know exactly what he's talking about, and I'd say that's very true. And I, all I say to you, you at the end is, Q. "Bring it back to me in one piece, James." <laughs> <laughs> and then you like get in the Aston and out the little bat cave door. It's true. Um. Yeah. Oh, this will be a fun project. You know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where it takes us. So. Yeah. It's gonna take you to the moon, Mark. There we go. To yep. the moon. Where are you going, Mark? Tahiti, Hawaii. The moon. With my three hundred wisdom. All right, everybody. Well, hopefully this helps. If you're thinking about or had some questions uh, about zeroing a rifle, like you said, consider consider the rifle, consider the load, consider you. Yes. Mount it up properly. Yep. And uh, you know, once you get your system sorted out, there's a few tricks that you can use to really just utilize the tools that we have at our disposal to expeditiously get your rifle zeroed so you can head a field. Bingo. All right. Have fun. If you got some tricks that you like to use, let us know those. We're here to learn too. Until next time, happy hunting and shooting. We'll catch you on the next one. See ya.